What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the TT Podcast. It's episode number 17. Uh, today, I am joined by Prince. Hey there. And Ace. Hi. Uh, sorry about there not being an episode last week. We tried to work it out. I was going on vacation. We tried to record it early. And then the internet exploded or something, and, and it didn't go well. So sorry about that. Maybe at some point I'll try and release it uh, as a lost episode or something. But for now, it just does not exist. Um, so... I know. Uh, quick housekeeping. Um, if anybody is interested in doing a community interview, uh, please sign up. Um, we'll see if you, we can't get you on the docket. And then uh, Extra Life is happening as of today. It's happening tomorrow, uh, Saturday the 5th. Uh, so if you're interested in participating, there is a page on the website. If you want to actually marathon or if you want to donate, you can do that on the site. I'll make sure I put a link in the description. Um, but other than that, let's get on with proceedings. Uh, what have you guys been up to Prince? So I have been playing, uh, two PlayStation games this month. Um, November is going to be a PlayStation month for me, so it's going to be, uh, pretty good. Lots of PlayStation. Yeah. So you're not I, PlayStation all the time, all the time, maybe. Yeah. Well, most of the time. I mean, there was one incident of a certain person drawing me back in to play one more round of gears of war but do uh, do we know this person well ace shall not be named <laughs> oh okay well we won't count him then <laughs> um but yeah i mean so i started by playing a game that's released just uh very recently it was i mean world of final fantasy it released i think a week into oh no part of the problem was that it released later for us in the uk than oh, did in it? the united states but the other is that they sent me the retail I bought from sent me the wrong edition, so I had to return it. Actually, I didn't. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, I I just ordered a new edition from another retailer and returned it later. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it was I suppose it, it's fine really in that I wanted to start it in November, so I started it, I think on the second in the end. Um, awesome. I've played maybe uh, twenty hours so far. I haven't got very far because I've been so caught up in uh building a nice team and raising mm-hmm. them in in the sort of most uh compelling way um and it's fun so far i really haven't got very far in the story but i'm i'm enjoying it and the thing that struck me most the moment i started it up was how good it looked i think maybe there is a sort of cutscene um set of people and a gameplay set or assets gameplay set of assets and mm-hmm. but the cutscene people look really quite beautiful um oh yeah i'm I'm sure that's pre-rendered or something yeah the opening or, cutscene was gorgeous the lighting effects and the really soft edges um mm-hmm. yeah it's nice yeah and some games do do that where they'll use a higher resolution textures and stuff in cutscenes because they only have to render so much of the area so all of the stuff that's not in the immediate scene, they basically just take all that out of the memory. Yeah. All right. Um, Is that it? I'm looking forward to playing more of that. But okay. the other thing I played was today I played Batman episode three, mm-hmm. which was a blast. Um, I thought I, it released a little while ago, but I was just thinking, I I don't know, something made me think I can't wait anymore. I was thinking I'll wait till episode four and then I could play two, you know. So I don't have to wait as long in between. Not so much. 
you just can't resist that. So uh, it's Batman. It's Batman. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that, that's been getting me, and I I have to play this one. I haven't played it yet. Um, yeah, but I, I remember being really pissed off because I think um, maybe it was Telltale mm. posted something on Twitter, and it had a picture in it. And the picture gave something away, and I was like, no. "Oh my god, what are you doing to me?" No, don't do that. Uh, I mean, granted, it's like you can only be so surprised by a Batman origin story, mm-hmm. but still, they've been mixing things up enough that I, I don't want to know. There's um, quite a lot of really unusual things uh, happening in this series mm-hmm. so far. They had the strange thing is that they had. Um, on the disc, they have all five episodes listed and they have a little blurb and a little picture. Mm. And they're not really spoilery, but nonetheless, once you've seen, um, once that episode is out and you know the setup, you can see mm. how that actually makes sense. Or even yeah. after playing the episode, you can see, oh, that synopsis is actually quite good for what happened in this episode. But it mm. didn't give it away. Um, yeah. And it was the, a good uh... episode, I think. The second episode ended with a lot more concern for your fellow characters. Um, hmm. The third episode doesn't have me as worried, so now I'm yeah. not anxious, but um, I do, certainly a lot of bad things happen. I do have to say, after playing the second episode of that, um, it was really interesting because like, it was definitely getting into that uh, Walking Dead sort of stuff where you kind of felt anxious about making decisions, Yeah, which the, the first episode didn't really do. Hmm. Um, I did have issues with the second episode, though, which technical issues did okay. did you have any um not exactly i there are moments where the frame rate drops especially when it's saving or loading mm-hmm. um when i first started up episode three and it was playing the recap the mm-hmm. frame rate was just completely um gone to pop but um mm-hmm. i restarted my ps4 and it was fine in the gameplay so maybe that was just because someone has kicked over my ps4 and the hard drive was stuttering but <laughs> it was hmm. fine once I restarted and came back. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Hmm. Um, what what did you think of um, World of Final Fantasy in terms of how did it compare to the demo? Uh, much better than demo. Certainly, good. I was wrong about it not being linear. It is pretty linear. Hmm. Um, but it's still a really big game. Um, I mean, at least I get that impression at this point. So it's yeah. not it doesn't well it's obviously not your AR campaign because i'm already past that and i've barely scratched the surface but yeah. um it doesn't feel like to me linear is a problem um, yeah but it's a matter of opinion i suppose well it is final fantasy and you know people don't like linear in a final fantasy game so i would say which, sorry you finish oh i was just gonna say which kind of bothers me sometimes it's like so like the first the parts of Final Fantasy that people remember most fondly tend to be the linear parts. It's like the most memorable part of Final Fantasy VII is, aside from that particular famous cutscene, is like the first eight hours, which is super linear. Yeah, you know, because it's very um, atmospheric at that point. Right. Yeah. Uh, same same thing with like eight was very linear for the most part until like two thirds of the way through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten was very linear until the very end of the game. Uh, like, you know, some of our favorite games in the series and our favorite parts of various games are, are the linear parts, but people right. don't seem to care about that. <laughs> yeah, I would say with eight, you can step out of Balam and theoretically you can go anyway, but realistically you can't. You go to the cave and then you go to the next town and it is sort of you go to these places as prescribed. 
Right. I mean, you you can grind out a little bit, but that's about it. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of on an island or whatever at that point. Yeah. Maybe not strictly. I think there might be a mountain or something, but like there's nowhere for you to go. <laughs> and then you go to a destination and then you come back. It's like, but whatever. It, it's a spinoff of Final Fantasy. So hopefully that shouldn't be a problem for yeah. too many people. I was going to uh, say the, that one thing I would contrast with the demo is um, while that demo felt pretty empty, now mm-hmm. when you go into an area, you've got all this, um, a bunch of, every time you go into a new area, you've got a bunch of new creatures to capture and mm-hmm. um, think about, first of all, you've got to think about how you're going to capture them. And then yeah. you've got to think about which ones you want to keep with you and which ones you want to raise and maybe modify your stack. So in that sense, I suppose a, a lot of the game has been compared with Pokemon and that's mm. one of the good things it takes from Pokemon in that every time you go into a new area in Pokemon, even if you're happy with your team, it opens so up a lot more uh, in mm. terms of capturing and hunting. So, Awesome. It, that was the one thing in the demo that really struck me was the gameplay seemed awesome, the strategy and all that. So mm. sounds like that's still intact. Yeah. So even though, even if areas are physically empty, they're not mm. empty because behind all the pixels, there's all these random encounters to find new Pokemon. I mean... <laughs> we'll just call them pokemon whatever <laughs> you, i mean they are tiny that you can you compact them and they are monsters right yeah so i don't know that it's inaccurate they don't technically <laughs> go in your pocket they go in little prismariums but they are basically prismariums are basically pokeballs so <laughs> yeah uh they go in your uh inventory mm. which is you know nondescript no backpack or anything it just goes into your inventory yeah um okay so what about you ace yeah um i was just curious how they could always carry so many pokeballs yeah <laughs> anyway um i've been playing uh playroom vr and platted it thanks to help from uh, family members because there's bits where you have to have um a tv player to kind of explain what they see or describe mm-hmm. to you for uh like the uh, the ghost busting part or the uh, the sheriff um, rounding up the uh, the guys in the saloon. Yeah, good. I was quite pleased to get um, platinum in that one. Finally, I wonder if they'll do any DLC like they did before. Uh, that would be cool. I mean, from what I remember, the um, DLC for the original playroom was pretty good. Um, that ninja one was pretty cool. Yeah, that was quite hard, but yeah, I did enjoy it. There was like one or two that st- I struggled with, but um, it's not easy to be a ninja. I finally, got no. them in the end. Uh, how about <laughs> how about ninja DLC for the VR? That'd uh, be pretty intense. Well, you have to be a ninja, you, you, nauseated. Yeah, well, the the level where you're rescuing the bots, your character is the ninja kind of version because it attacks and you know, hmm. can punch the other one. So you've kind of already got that to some degree. It'd be interesting to see what else they um. They come out with, um, and then when I finally finished that one, uh, I got rid of the the demo disc because that took a thirty gig install for some weird reason. But not all of the bits on it were actually playable, so it must have been a lot of high resolution videos. And replaced it with the actual PlayStation VR Worlds game, and I started off with uh, uh, Luge, no Luge, yeah, Luge, uh, no Luge. I always get that wrong. Um, and uh, yeah, that kind of made me feel a little bit queasy. Uh, I've never done anything like that before. Obviously, in game or in virtual Um but uh, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it was interesting. It was a bit scary. You see the big trucks and things coming over you. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Um, it's a bit confusing because there's like bits where, okay, I've overtaken that car, but there's one coming head on. It's like, do I slow down or speed up? I didn't really. I'll have to go back and have a go at that, but I might um, yeah. switch to doing the, the space uh, version one first. That looked fun. Um, mm. I do also have Battlezone as well, which um, I've installed but not started up yet. But I did play that on the demo. It was good. So I know I'm definitely yeah. going to go full throttle yeah, on that one. Uh, sorry. But yeah, it's Battle surprising how long it took me to get the Platinum on Playroom VR. There's there's quite a bit there. It's pretty good. But then so is the sort of Playroom, the original one for the camera. Presumably an enjoyable Platinum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, it's it's a good one. Um, couch co-op. You, know, you get um, friends and family involved to get all the trophies in that. It's oh, smart. Oh, is there a requirement for how many people you need? No. No, just one. As long as you get one. One. I'm just thinking of um, one of the games on Connect. It required you to have five people, and I don't think I'm ever going to get that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a little bit tough. Can you not use like cardboard cutouts or something? Yeah, I've heard of people using (laughs) you put something on a stall, or you have like a um, like a coat coat rack or something, and (laughs) it's sad that you have to. I mean, we've. We've all sort of got a second <laughs> controller so we can do a local cops or whatever, but to yeah. resort to having a coat rack to pretend to be a person is quite a sad I mean, thing. Re- realistically, I can only figure a few a handful of games that I've ever had that many people playing at the same time. Mm. You've got like Smash would fit Good in that category. You'd have you'd have like four people and then, you know, maybe two or three waiting to play or um you rock band maybe. Um mm-hmm. Mm. that's about it like i can't really think of too many games where you can get that many people interested in it yeah time splitters yeah. Sure. oh missed that one time splitters yeah all right well i had so i was on vacation uh i spent a lot of time on a plane so i i booted up my vita and got a bunch of play time in with that uh i did actually get around to playing actual sunlight Hmm. Um, which was very good, and oh my god, it is really, really heavy. It is. Yeah. A, um, I tried to on you. It's a rough game. That's a rough game to get through. Like, I- I've never been really a, a chronically depressed person. Um, I do know people that have been, but man, even for me to sit down and play that and be like, man, this is just, this is rough. This guy's life is rough. Yeah. <laughs> just, Without naming just, uh, anything specific, did any of it resonate with you? I, you know, I don't even, know that... Even any, not from first-person experience, but even through others. Uh, Sorry, for this game or for other games? For actual sunlight. Yeah, I was... Um, I can't say that, like, any one thing particularly was overwhelming. Um, It was just... It was the persistence of it. It mm-hmm. it didn't let go of you. You never felt free, really. It, it it makes a point of making sure that you understand kind of what that feels like to be perpetually in, in a particular state of mind, um, which I think is fantastic. And I highly recommend that if you feel up for it, then you play it. So, yeah, so- well- what state of mind is that? Does it make you feel depressed through the whole thing, or what? What's it getting at? Does it's, it make you feel despair? Does it... Yeah, it's it's kind of more despair than depressed. It, it's um, it's more like a hopelessness 
the the idea that you know nothing ever gets better um that that kind of feeling comes through really strongly in the game it's not so much that you feel depressed but just that you understand where he's coming from yeah and that you can sort of wrap your head around if you felt like this regularly what that would do to you you know yeah I'm not sure I want to play a game like that, but I can understand. Uh, that must be what people that watch all these soaps really enjoy them for, because whenever I see them on TV, it's like, wow, that's depressing, or that's really awful storyline for that character to go through. I'm like, glad that's not me or real life or anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the game equivalent of a soap, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. Cranky. No, I mean, it's it's be- handled much better than that. Um, it, it is much, much heavier. It is much better done, and uh, it's I think one of those games where the fact that it's maybe an hour or ninety minutes really helps it in that regard because it can just go for it and do it, and eventually you're just going to be done. You know, it's not something that you're going to you know slog through for ten hours. Uh, light at the you end mean, of the tunnel. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, you're going to play it, and you're going to be kind of probably a little bit overwhelmed for you know the 90 minutes or whatever but then it's going to be over so you can come out of that and wrap your head around it but i think it was i think it's definitely worth playing i feel like if you're able to um if you're able to gain some understanding from it without being yourself dragged down then you can come out and sort of have a new perspective on your well not uh, an additional or augmented Mm -hmm. perspective on your own life Ooh, yeah. digital life experience. <laughs> I just yeah, meant it can I, sort of give you a perspective that you've never had and hopefully will never have to have. Yeah. So what's Which the trophies like? like? Um, they're pretty easy. Uh, you just, throughout the course of the game, which is pretty linear, you just have to make sure that you interact with certain objects or talk to certain people. Uh, not all of them are necessary. I, I did end up missing one and I had to go back for it, which was kind of a pain because there is no speedy way to get through the game really um no chapters just have to start it over and go through it again yeah uh unfortunately it does have um individual save slots so if you're concerned about missing it i think you can have like up to five saves or something so you can save periodically and hopefully save yourself a headache but really you want to uh aim to do everything the first time through the part that i missed happened to just be in an area where it wasn't really obvious how you moved on because in a lot of instances it's it's fairly obvious it's like well you go to work you get on the bus whatever you know that is like the final thing that you do in that area um and in this particular instance it was pretty much the only time where i wasn't sure exactly what finished that section uh and so i accidentally left that section uh without doing something but it is it is a fairly easy completion uh if you look I wouldn't recommend this. Don't don't look at the trophies ahead of time. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's not worth it. Uh, but once you go through it and play through it, the descriptions are, you will understand exactly what you need to do for the most part to get the trophy that you missed. Okay. Um, so I played that. Uh, I also finished up the platinum on Velocity Two X, which oh my god, that was hard. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of went in and I was like, oh, I can totally do this. I, I got the Platinum for Velocity Ultra. Um, 
according to the site, uh, velocity two X as a ratio, it's like three times harder cool. than, uh, ultra. So man, that was tough. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then most of my time I've spent playing Dragon Quest Builders, which I forgot had come out on Vita. So I loaded that up on my Vita for the plane ride. Um, and that's been fun. Uh, the criticisms that the gameplay is kind of basic, is very valid. Um, Even when I, you get more tools and more things to play with. Yeah. The, so the, the combat itself is very basic. Okay. There's like... Uh, you do get some additional tools, but for instance, the uh, the first chapter is strictly um, you strictly have control of melee attacks. Uh, there's no defending uh, evasion is merely just moving your character. There's no like roll or anything like that. You just move out of the way and then attack. Uh, and enemies, uh, I think, maybe use like a fireball attack. Um, and that first chapter will take you the first time through probably. I mean, the shortest I think it can take is about three hours. Uh, so you're going to spend several hours where basically you, all of your combat consists, take a few swings, run around in a circle so that you're strafing and the attack doesn't hit you. And then you go back in, you hit a couple of times, you get out and you do the same thing. Um, so that, that gets to be kind of boring. And then uh, you're obviously building stuff and the building can be fun because uh, obviously you can build you know, your settlement, however you want to build it. Uh, but the, you know, the exploration can be a little bit, sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. It can be kind of a pain. Uh, there was one point where I was looking for a particular item and I had no idea where it was and it didn't help that it was already a rare item in a very particular sub area of the world, which the worlds are actually pretty sizable. Um, and it happened to, and I didn't know this at the time, it happened to look like an item a, a different item so like i was looking for a white flower but normally white flowers you hit them you take the leaves and you can make a, uh, cur a curative item um and i didn't need any because i had better healing items so i go into this area and i you know walk for like three minutes to get the to this remote section of this area and then i ended up cutting down accidentally one of these flowers and it was like oh hey there's a potato and i'm like <laughs> But this looks just like, I mean, it, it is slightly different. Like, if you know what you're looking for, there is a slight difference. But it looks like the white flowers that I was cutting down in Chapter 1. So I had, it, I probably spent an hour trying to figure this out. Now, if I had access to the internet, maybe it wouldn't have taken me so long. But so, it was just, potatoes geez. look like white flowers. Yeah, and that, that was the other thing. It's like, I was looking for potatoes, and so I'm looking for some kind of, you know, viney thing, you yeah. know? But no, it was a, it was a you know a plant with white flowers on top, and I cut it, and then the potato just popped out. Well, um, you know what they say: the old uh, the old wisdom from ages past, a rose yeah. by any other name would smell as potato. Yes, absolutely. I, I've heard that one several times. I, I'm embarrassed that I forgot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, some of, some of that stuff can be a little bit of a pain. But for the most part, you have a pretty good idea of what you're doing and what you're going for. Um, the trophies are not too difficult so far as I've seen, except for each chapter. Those four chapters has a time limit challenge that you need to do. So you need to complete that chapter within 20 in-game days or 30 in-game oh, days. I don't like those. don't like time limit challenges. So 
Yeah, it's kind of a pain, but at the same time, it's not too bad uh, because the the challenges are saved to your profile. Mm -hmm. So once you complete that challenge, you never have to complete it again. It's saved to your profile. Okay. So it's not like you're going to be running around like a crazy person trying to complete all of the challenges all at once within that time frame. Once you complete it, it goes on your profile. If you need to start over again to complete one of the other challenges, you can do that. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can you know, run off and after you've completed it and finish other challenges and things. So you can just race straight for that. Um, the, the first chapter from what I understand is the toughest. Um, and on my second playthrough, I managed to finish it on, I don't know, day 16 or 17, I think out of 20. And that that's supposed to be the hardest. So it's not too bad. So Definitely it's designed doable. for multiple playthroughs. Um, it, it's designed. I think it's designed really for individual playthroughs. That's the only thing that has that would require you to start over. Okay. Uh, every everything else can, for the most part, as far as I can tell, be completed in in just the one playthrough. It's just that obviously you can't complete something on day twenty one and have it trigger something that you needed to have completed by day twenty. <laughs> okay. So, um, so you do have to restart it. And like I said. The only downside to that is if you have to restart it, you're looking at three to five hours minimum to get that one challenge. Mm -hmm. So that can be a kind of a pain in the ass. That I definitely recommend. You look up what you're doing ahead of time. Um, if you're not, tr you can make, uh, you get five saves per chapter. Use those saves and make incremental saves so that way you don't waste time. I usually saved, like, I'd go back to my base, save, and head out. I would do that for most quests just in case you spend a lot of time looking for freaking potatoes. Because <laughs> um, that's, that's what I ended up doing. Like right now I'm, I'm working on chapter two. I have to finish it within 30 days. I'm on day 27 and I'm at the last boss fight, which the boss fight doesn't take longer than a day. So I'm good to go because I saved it before that potato thing. And so I wasted time trying to find it, but I didn't have to start the entire chapter over to meet that requirement. So definitely doable strategically. Um, and then aside from that, I've been playing Titanfall 2, but I just started playing last night because I just got back. Ah. Um, so far, campaign, campaign seems to be pretty well designed. Um, some parts of it are kind of transparently tutorial, um, but I'm enjoying it. And from what I understand, it's supposed to be pretty good. So I'll get more feedback on that uh, the coming week. Great. Um, so got that out of the way. That's what we've been playing. Uh, let's get into some news cause, uh, it's been a while. So let's run through the news. Uh, that game company has been teasing their next game. Have Name you seen that this? game company's games. Go. Oh, uh, that game company, uh, flow, flower and journey. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. Zero points uh, space. You're eliminated. <laughs> wow. He really was eliminated. <laughs> what um, I knew they did flow. I was trying to remember the other ones, but yeah, yeah. Um, in, interesting games and in kind of different experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of not, calming, maybe. Or... Yeah, they were all kind of meditative games for the most part. They weren't like actiony or anything like that. They were very basic, kind of like you may make what you will of whatever it is you're doing, mm. kind of game. Yeah. Uh, I always um, thought they looked like a tech demo that was kind of sold at the game. But... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that is rough. 
uh, yeah, I, they're good stuff. They've they've been uh, even if you're not huge on um, flow or flower, they were decent experiences, and I I think they do suffer now in terms of hindsight when you compare it to Journey, because mm. um, Journey was just fantastic. Journey was kind of uh, the the evolution of what flower was. Absolutely, and flower was an extension of what flow was to a certain extent. Right. So, what um, are we hoping for the next game? It looks kind of like flower, well, they... but obviously, it's not going to be. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the the aesthetic definitely does kind of give that feel. It is uh very bright. Um. It so it, like they that game company posted a couple of pictures on their Twitter. Um, and they actually even created a new um, Twitter handle called That Next Game. Uh, so in case you were not sure that it was actually their, their next get game, that it, it clearly is. Yeah, right. Um, so they gave they, some uh, hints, didn't they? This says on there for the description of the Twitter that it's the next multiplayer game. And like mm-hmm. you said in the pictures, uh, there's a caption on one of them that says a game about giving. And it's a picture of a lit candle lighting an unlit candle, what it seems like. Did you say multiplayer um, game? That's what they said, yeah. So in Journey, you, you had a system where you could go out and behind the scenes it would do the matchmaking and you would just find people. Seems. Place your bets mm. that in that game company's next multiplayer game, you mm. can't find other people even if you go to the center of the universe. Oh yes, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> rough, buddy. Too soon. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm sure that's probably what it's going to be is some kind of seamless multiplayer thing where they just drop people into your world. Yeah, except they'll uh, just, actually do it. <laughs> yeah, they'll actually do it, and it'll make sense. And even if their name is something terrible, like bong ripper 420 or something you won't find out until the end of of the game maybe <laughs> maybe. maybe i don't know maybe that'll work into their uh game world or something mm-hmm. uh, i mean other than that we don't really know a whole lot about what's coming uh the the only other picture that seemed very clear that it was so it was maybe two pictures there was one that was um looked like a couple of kids skipping or something mm-hmm. right um and then the other one was just an archway with a lit jewel in the center yeah um which does have like the art style itself looks kind of journey like but it's definitely not that kind of color palette it's a very bright blue color palette um but that could just be that game company that's kind of their logo so um isn't it um if you look at that picture Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Uh, isn't it a beam of light that's going through the cloud and then hitting that archway? Ah, uh, yes, idea, but that's... I'm not sure which way it's going. Yeah, yeah up is it shooting yeah. up? I don't know. It, something. The arch looks like something out of Stonehenge or something, doesn't it? That's interesting. It does. Yeah, it's a very um, sort of rustic look. Uh, it does also. Um, they've actually just updated. Oh no, no. This is a couple of days ago. Uh, one of the pictures actually says 2017 at the bottom, so presumably the game's coming out next year. So that'd be nice. Um, so what's that? Five years, I think. About. Oh man. 
2012, I think, was Journey. Quality over quantity with these guys. Well, you know, the the indie devs that have really done well for themselves, for the most part, that's what they do, you know. Um, I mean, if you look at uh, The Witness, um, you had Inside, the other games that, you know, when you look at, uh, was it uh, Cappy, mm-hmm. Capybara, right? Yeah. Cappy Games. Um, they've delayed their game a couple of times, and it's like, the the quality games are the one they get delayed and they make sure that that game is exactly the way they want. So, I'm looking forward to the next game from Supergiant as well. Absolutely, uh-huh. uh, that's, uh That's I mean, Transistor came out in 2013. 14. I think it was twenty early 2014, mm. January February maybe. Um, yeah. So that's it's already been two and a half years at this point, and yeah. they haven't said when the game is coming out, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, they take their time, they make their game, and it's a solid game. So, All right. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, it looks like Andromeda, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, is set potentially 600 years after Mass Effect, hmm. um, which is like fantastic, I guess. Yay, we know when it's going to be set, but I think the time frame is probably a little bit moot. Yeah. You're, you've traveled to another galaxy. Uh, so, yes, it's going to be hundreds of years after Mass Effect. Hmm. And it's, uh, we still pretty much kind of uh, don't know much about how um, how far removed it will be in terms of its contents, in terms of themes, in terms mm. of everything, like the, the yeah. groups they're operating. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah, it seems, it seems like the people that went on this trip, like um, the stuff we've seen, there is an Asari that went with you mm-hmm. as far as we can tell. Um, so the, it is a multiracial group. It So that does mean that when the group left, it was at some point after about 2150, mm-hmm. just because that's kind of, I think when uh, they met the other races of the galaxy, humans met the other races of the galaxy. And so since other species are going with you. Uh, it, it is set after that point, but that's about all we know. Uh, it's supposed to be a different studio working on it, from what I understand. Oh. Right? It's not the main group. I could be making making that up. So, but yeah, we do, we don't really know much of anything about this game except that you're in a different galaxy. Uh, you're exploring, and you've got some family ties, and <laughs> but that's about it. They essentially, I mean in their favor they have a blank slate which they can put anything they want from the previous slate on so they can, oh yeah they have the best of I, both they have unlimited I mean, access and also unlimited freedom absolutely and I'm, I'm sure that was by design they wanted to do that so mm. hopefully that will mean good things that that could mean absolutely nothing or they could even blow that opportunity it depends but, on the creators and their quality i suppose how well they make it absolutely hopefully it'll be fantastic though uh, 999 and Virtue's Last Reward are coming in the spring to PS4 and Vita. That's cool. Uh, as a as a double fa- uh, double pack, which is pretty awesome. Um, I really you guys hope, play those games? I really hope that they will release 999 as a standalone on the Vita because I have Virtue's Last Reward on Vita. They haven't said if it's going to be an improved version. They're re-releasing on the same platform, but. I have it already, and I kind of just want 999 because at the moment you can only get it on 
Nintendo DS, which is very difficult to find. It's only physical, um, and you can't... So if you want to get it on... You can play it still on 3DS, but you would have to find it secondhand, and you'd have to pay far too much for it, so... Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would like to play 999, because I never did back in the day. Um, I played Virtue's Last Reward and loved the heck out of it, so... Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm sure this will be fantastic. I can't wait for that. And the sequel is still fresh. Uh, the third entry is still fresh. Yeah. Um, and that's not being included, um, mm. which is interesting to note, I guess. It's available on Vita. I don't, is it available on PS4 as well? It's not. Okay. No. So that's kind of, they should have made a port for PS4 so that people can play all on that platform. You'd think. Uh, I don't know why they didn't. Maybe, I mean, maybe this is a project that started, actually, I'd almost certainly guess that it started before um, the uh, Zero Time Dilemma, probably started work before that came out. So that game probably wasn't done, and I'm going to take a stab. I, I think I may have read this, too, that it's being done by a porthouse. Okay. I, I think it's being done through Spike Chinsoft. Ah, well, they're reliable. Very reliable, yeah. I, I don't mean porthouse in a uh, derogatory term. I'm, I'm just... I don't think that this was done by the primary developers of these games. It was sent to somebody else. They are primarily responsible for porting it and whatever else. So, My only concern at this point is uh, 999 was designed as a dual screen game and there's no other. Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, it, it yeah. was designed purely for that because it only released on DS in the beginning. Um, right. So I'm kind of, I haven't seen, I haven't got around to watching videos of it. Um, so I don't know how integral the second screen is, but they did release an iOS port in the meantime. So maybe they have, hopefully they found a solution to make it single screen, but who knows? Yeah, hopefully. Uh, have you played the games, Ace? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> so zero interest. This is, yeah. this is your chance though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is zero, your last reward. <laughs> yes. Um, I was thinking also that. One of the things about the series that makes a re-release or, a, um, I don't know, a potential improved port a bit redundant is that the series has never been about graphics. So something like Heavy Rain no. and Beyond, a graphical polish for next gen is pretty great. It's going to be mm -hmm. uh, noticeable and appreciable. So putting are, on are you trying to say that? Are you trying to say that's important because it shows emotions? <laughs> No, I think that's what you're saying. I mean, I, I actually <laughs> think both those. No, I suppose Heavy Rain was a beautiful game, but Beyond certainly was graphically very pretty on PS3, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But with Virtue's Last Reward, any of the series, um, it's mm -hmm. really quite ugly. Even the new game, it was released, I think, this year or last. No, I think it was this year. Um, and it just doesn't look good, but it never doesn't oh. matter. Any fans of the series come not for the graphics they come for the story and absolutely in fact um i haven't played a whole lot of the new one basically i i started it for a bean dive <laughs> ah. so i just played a little bit but the 3d graphics i'm I'm not really caring much for um and i, I actually so far preferred um virtue's last reward with the um sort of visual novel style like actually drawn out characters and stuff mm -hmm. so regardless should be fantastic i'm looking forward to that yeah oh uh that's coming in the spring so 
the next game for Tomb Raider is Shadow of the Tomb Raider, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Uh, so it's kind of a rumor, and somebody took a picture of somebody's laptop, probably on a plane or something oh, stupid so like that. Sketch. <laughs> yeah, um, and in the upper right hand corner, I haven't been able to actually confirm this because I can't really read it. But uh, apparently, in this picture, in the upper right hand corner, it says "Shadow of the Tomb Raider." Um, thoughts? Well, uh, do we have any? Uh guesses when it might come out because it still feels like well the uh second game only just released on ps4 so i don't know if anyone's ready for more well i mean so technically so <laughs> the original or uh reboot i guess came out in 2013 mm -hmm. um was that a fall game because i feel like not long after in the spring they released the definitive edition yikes regardless it came out 2013 and then um Rise of the Tomb Raider came out in 2015, fall. Mm -hmm. So that was a two-year turnaround. Oh, I see. And yeah, I suppose 2017 would be the yeah. next. They they could very potentially have uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider out next year. Hmm. Um, announce it, maybe a, pull, pull a Bethesda, announce it at E3 and have it out later that year. Mm -hmm. I can't make any guesses as for what the the name might mean for the content because I haven't played the second one. Um, mm -hmm. for platform reasons, but yeah, same boat. Yeah, not because um, of not wanting to, but because of what Square, Square Enix did with the platforms. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, maybe they'll show it off at um, PSX or something. Yeah, if it, yeah, I mean, it. I suppose the the main thing I'm wondering now is if they are planning on starting to hype it soon, and with the PS4 version just recently being released. Um, Will they try and have a PS4 release this time so that PS4 players will be interested? Or would they be like, hey, you know, chew on that old stuff and just come back in a year <laughs> again? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's probably a working title. And unfortunately, it's probably going to be the title they go with. <laughs> I mean, it sounds okay, right? Is I don't it know. Tongue it in sounds cheek. too cheesy. It's a, It's like... Okay, I'm just going mean, to throw it out there. Some people might say that Tomb Raider has become a shadow of its former Ooh. self with the lack of, oh, that's lack uh, of not what they're tombing and raiding. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, I think they're going to maybe try and do the... Um... Okay, so when they did Rise of the Tomb Raider, it made me think of Batman, the Christopher Nolan Batman yeah, movie. Definitely. Right. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, huh? Are we going to just do one of those time gaps where like it jumps forward and she stopped raiding tombs, whatever, but she has to get out and do uh, one more because of thing. Oh, it's like, that one. So it's like what's going through my head. It feels and starts to try and figure out what the secret is. And then. Yeah, right. At the end of the, um, and, the, end of the game, like and trying up you remember. Something. And she's even got the mansion mansion in the butler. So we just got to get the butler out there being like, you know, this is going to kill you one day. You should really stop doing it. And then you're all set. <laughs> yeah, if that doesn't work, I'm sure there's 101 other ones, you know, uh, Tomb Raider with a vengeance. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the next TT Tomb, top five. Bad Tomb Raider reloading. Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tomb Raider revolutions. Yeah. Oh, mm. yeah. Attack of the Tomb Raiders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tomb Raider strikes back. Yep. yep. Boy. Back to the Tomb Raider. Oh, God. We're going to stop. We're going to stop. <laughs> a completely different segment. <laughs> yeah, right. 
tune in next week for the topic of the week, which will be just terrible names for All the right. new Tomb Raider. I, I got a cringy. I got a cringy one for you. So oh God. Okay. I think what would be the main problem of Shadow of the Tomb Raider being called Shadow of the Tomb Raider that mm. it would be overshadowed by Shadow of the Colossus. Oh. <sighs> That hurts on so many levels. Yeah. So are we going to see a Shadow Lara Croft in the game? Oh, what, you mean like the Mario Shadow that chases you around on some of those levels? I, I, was, I was thinking like the uh, Dark Link. Didn't they oh, have yeah. a Zelda. Shadow Lara in one of the uh, middle generation games? Oh, did they? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I might have seen one. Or no, yeah, maybe what, it wasn't what? a Shadow, maybe it was a clone. I didn't play those games, so I only sort of read. In- yeah, after games. 3, I, I stopped paying attention, so... Yeah. I played, um, well, one of them. One of them was given away on early, I think, PlayStation Plus, early generation PlayStation Plus, and I played mm. it, I enjoyed it, but I never felt like I, it's worth the effort to go and complete this series because there were so many of them and so many mediocre. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then they rebooted it anyway, so yeah. <laughs> at this point, at this point, realistically, I, I wouldn't go back except for maybe the first or second game, just for the sake of it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's dated. <laughs> well, if um, if we have any uh, Tomb Raider fans listening, maybe they can fill us in. Yeah, right. Let us know if there was a dark Lara Croft in one of the games and uh, what that was like. Uh, Square is committed to bringing more Dragon Quest to the West. Hmm. Dragon Quest West just sounds like one a bad entry Doesn't in the it? series. <laughs> yeah, I, you know... I feel like, and maybe this is just me, I feel like most of the games lately have not been numbered. They've just been subtitled, mm. right? The Like Heroes, and uh, now we've got Dragon Quest Builders, uh, Monsters, right? I think they did a Dragon Quest Monsters oh. at one point. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe they're just, well, well, the next one will be Dragon Quest West. <laughs> Um, How many regardless, Dragon Quest games okay. are releasing that aren't coming to um, the West? I, so I don't know that there are a whole lot. Mm. I think most of them have actually come in recent years. Okay, but I think it started with seven. Yeah, certainly uh, the, the older ones were sort of a mystery to Western audiences. Yeah, I don't know that I've. As far as I'm aware, none before seven really came to the West. Maybe the first one at some point, um, but then seven came out. Eight was a bit was big that landed pretty well. Um, nine was a Western release came to DS. I think it was a Nintendo handheld. Um, Is nine the one with the uh, cute aesthetic that no one can decide about after the previously realistic one? Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking when they did that. Uh, eight was just so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then ten is an MMO, maybe. Okay. I don't know if that got got released in the West, but for the most part, and then all of these like spinoffs and whatever uh, have been released, and I, they are apparently doing well enough that Square is up for bringing more West, which works. But I am a little bit disappointed still. I just I want like a successor to Dragon Quest Eight. Like I want more of that type of stuff. Ah. Well, certainly Dragon Quest has been getting prominence with the uh, recent entries. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe with that they can... Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe they've secretly been working on a successor to Dragon Quest Eight since Dragon Quest Eight came out. Mm-hmm. And once they hit the 10-year mark, they'll release that one. 
Okay. That <laughs> sounds like one of those past. hopes that's hopelessly unrealistic, but okay. <laughs> well, I think they were already past 10 years since that anyways. I think that was like 2003. So, uh-huh. um, so uh, speaking of Square, Sora is coming to World of Final Fantasy in December for free. Woo. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I think that's Kingdom about Hearts. that. Well, I mean, so the Kingdom Hearts characters are kind of Final Fantasy characters anyways. Yeah. Like, if you if you took out all the Disney stuff, Sora and Riku and Kairi are totally Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh the only Speaking of Final Fantasy, the, the really emo one didn't get the lead role. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Somebody was a little bit more aware of what was going on. But it's, I mean, if you played the original Kingdom Hearts, though, you you got to bump into Leon, too, which was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> that that was super was emo. So emo. That was great. He was compensating. <laughs> he didn't even want to be called by his name. <laughs> it's like, no. Just call me Wolfpack. Okay, whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> he, was, he was like going by Leon or something. Yeah, his, everybody was talking. They were, I think they were talking about him before. And it was like, and this was not too long after Resident Evil 2, yeah. <laughs> right? This was like 2002 or something, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they keep going Leon and like, who who is Leon? Is there a Leon? I'm trying to think of a Leon. And it, of course, the same the same thing kept popping up in my head, and it's like Leon. No, 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 not that Leon. Different game company. But uh, yeah, that that was just hysterical. I loved that. He popped up, and he was super emo. Um, so Sora will be coming to World of Final Fantasy, which would be good. Um, and then Square will consider female heroes as DLC for Final Fantasy Fifteen. Hmm. This yeah. is one Thoughts? of those news items where we we regret not having a female member of cast on the podcast yeah yeah definitely i mean yeah next time i'll have to get bex on or something Mm. i i've been meaning to do that i gotta get bex or cindy on here at some point Mm. um but yeah so uh, if there is enough demand apparently square is willing to consider having female heroes and potentially playable (laughs) yeah well and it's just like oh if there's enough demand it's like okay well you know what maybe is there a reason for this to happen? Mm. Like, would that make for a better game? I mean, there have been there have been worse reasons or no reasons at all for including characters as DLC. So, why do you really need overwhelming? Like, if you're going to release characters as DLC, just make one of them a woman. You know, yeah. Yeah. release a pack of three and make one of them a woman. Okay, so I'm gonna. So now I think you've explained that fairly well. So I'm going to take the opposite side. Uh, sure. Not for, not for misogyny. I promise you. Um, yeah. <laughs> like the so I I feel like in this case so look the Final Fantasy 15 DLC at this point has been said to be um, single episodes focusing on each of the companion characters. So obviously mm-hmm. that's three boys. Um, yeah. I don't know why I said I was thinking boy band and then I said boys. I should have said three guys. Yeah. Um, that that's part of my explanation. The whole group. Um, is basically the boy band group. You can't have yeah. a girl in there. It's it's not because they didn't want a girl in there. It's because it's a boy band. You can't have a girl in there. Um, so sure. A lot of Final Fantasy games up to now have had females in the group and always welcome in the group. Um, and then uh, some of the recent ones, like particularly the Lightning Trilogy, 
the females mm-hmm. the protagonist so that's right it's not to say that final fantasy games have never have always shunned women um certainly not i mean the arguably the best in the series six had a female protagonist hmm. so right yeah uh, yeah i mean it's it's always had interesting female characters and you know it's not that i i feel that they need to put a female hero in they uh the feel that they're going for i understand and that's fine but it's just like it's one of those things that it feels when they say it like this they make it feel token yeah that was you know? i don't like this press release um, right and and that's kind of where i i have a problem with it is that is that it feels token the way they're saying it it's like if you're gonna do random token things that's fine but don't make this the f- token female thing make it just a token thing you know when you go and you know give pronto his like pink tutu outfit or whatever (laughs) you know what sure throw a female character in there too why not you know but they're they're going to do dumb stuff like that they're going to have outfits where uh noctis dresses up like Sora or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. for no good reason. It's not going to suit the story. It'll probably even break the context. If you're going to do that anyways, there's no reason not to include a female hero. Because uh, at that point, you're already breaking the context. In in defense of that, um, female mm-hmm. characters would typically need a whole new animation set. So it would be more than just that's, a um, skin swap. That's, that's true. Uh, yeah. And, I only say that because in this particular game, they've put what appears to be a lot of effort into the animations. So it's not like Noctis runs like um, the big guy. I can't have the Gladi, uh, Gladiuses or whatever. Yeah, Gladius. Um, yeah, Gladius I can't remember. Uh, you know, they walk differently. They stand differently. They, they emote differently. So that is true that, you know, having a female character running around fighting out in the field would take probably a considerable amount of effort for it to not feel out of place mm. again just make it a skin for pronto mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I pronto is kind of um sort of one of those final fantasy characters who's very i'm trying to find the right word he's sort of got that feminine appeal um, yeah well i mean he is probably the most androgynous yeah that's the, the word group. i was looking for yeah he, he is almost certainly the most androgynous um he's probably also the most important character that's not noctis because <laughs> he's supposed to be like his childhood friend or something you know mm. but i was um just to sort of loop back to the uh state of the dlc is that they're planning mm-hmm. to release three that are these guys who are already obviously established, so they can't swap that out with the female character. Um, and the fourth also one true. is co-op, which isn't really dedicated to a character. So they would have to make a fifth DLC, which is about a whole other character. Potentially the existing mm-hmm. character like uh, Luna. Um, yeah. But that would be an extra DLC outside the current planning. And they're kind of saying, if it's demanded, we'll make it. But that's basically saying demand more dlc and pay us for it and then we'll make one <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's one of those promises that they could make without probably keeping it because what's what's the threshold for enough demand you know yeah. i mean you're gonna have like a 
change.org like petition for with 10,000 signatures they'll Patreon. be like oh yeah but that was all 10,000 no, you know Patreon, sorry uh, like, kickstarter yeah yeah that's that's probably how they would do it if they could fund it through kickstarter then maybe they would do it if if they even bothered that far it's probably like oh we didn't get enough posts on our facebook page so we okay. assumed that there wasn't enough interest and you know i hate to be down on that but that's kind of how it tends to go there are some companies that just nail that kind of stuff and they're just like we know you wanted a character like this, so here you go. It's free or something stupid like that, you know. And you just you love those companies for doing that kind of stuff. Square right now is not one of those characters, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, companies. So eventually, maybe they'll get there. It seems like they're learning. Yeah, yeah. Turtle Rock and support for Evolve. Um, I think that actually just happened. Uh, that's not to say that the servers are going offline or anything like that. They're just finally done with putting more content and stuff into this game. Right. They They're have to work changing on anything. Uh, what? They they have to shift their work to new things that can make money. <laughs> yeah. I you know, I got, I kind of got a kick out of the way they phrased it. Um so let's see. It's always hard to leave one of our games behind. Um but now it's Evolve's turn. And so it was like, well, this game can grow now, but it's your responsibility. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know. It, it recently went free to play on PC too. I don't think it's free to play on PlayStation, but. It's been a troubled road for that game, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they made bucket loads of money though. Oh, I don't know. I I'm, I'm sure like they wouldn't have gone free to play if it was in good health. Well, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I mean, the game came out 2014, mm-hmm. right? January, February? Maybe. No, that can't be right. It's going to be 2015, early 2015. Okay. So the game the game has been out for over a year and a half at least, which is not terrible. I mean, they most games don't get new content a year and a half after release. Mm-hmm. So at that point, why not make it free to play and see if you can't get a little bit of extra money out of it? Sure, but you know, how do we feel about full price games going free to play without it? Well, unexpectedly going free to play. Well, that's a different conversation. <laughs> I think I think that one's pretty scummy. Um, <laughs> Put it mildly. Yeah, so I feel like they 13. wouldn't have done something that some people would disagree with if they didn't think it was necessary. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that just comes down to, at the end of the day, how many people are actually playing. Yeah. You know, if you've got a very, very small group of people playing, if they're still playing, I'm sure that the $60 they spent a year and a half ago is probably the last thing. They probably feel like they got their money's worth out of it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so as as underhanded as I, I feel that that is, in terms of actual impact, how much of an impact did that actually have on people? How many people that spent $60 on it forever ago came back to play the game again? Mm. You know. I heard that it going free to play did help a lot with the number of players. But obviously Oh, oh yeah. Them. Well, I I think it was a very large bump. Mm. It if I remember correctly, it it didn't even crack like I think it just barely made its way into the top 10 or something on Steam the day that it went free to play. But the the next week after that, it had fallen off again. So, huh. 
Well, this is the question, isn't it? Is the market saturated? I mean, every time around this year, there's these big blockbuster games that come out, and yeah, for the first week or month, they're absolutely crazy popular. But then, before you know it, the next one drops, and that's just like the kind of console side. You know, PC ones. I don't know if people are a bit more invested in some of these for longer term. But I mean, yeah. at this point now, you know, we, we've lost a few developers here and there, haven't we? I'm pleased to say, I think. Some of them uh, probably weren't worthy of carrying on oh, based on, yeah. on the quality of what they did with some uh, IPs. But uh, there, there's only so much money and so many players, and um, especially since the, uh, would you say, the casual market have um, moved on to mobile um, free-to-play microtransaction uh, smartphone yeah. games. And, uh, we've got the core gamers back now, kind of, being the main target for PC and console gaming. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's just the nature of multiplayer exclusive games. I think we saw a great many companies experiment with it, and I think really the only big success, well, the two big successes would be Overwatch and Rainbow Six Siege, from what I understand, is still going pretty strong. Um, but for the most part, multiplayer games, games that are only multiplayer, generally don't do very well. Um, Titan, Titanfall 2 came out with a campaign this year. Obviously, that didn't... They wanted to do a campaign, and I'm sure they felt compelled to do it. You know, that, that was what everybody wanted from the first one was like, hey, can we get a campaign? And so they delivered. And I, I'm hoping that that has paid off for them. Is it co-op campaign? Uh, no, it's single player. It's a story-driven um, campaign, so it has to be single player. Yeah, um, it it is. Uh, what do you mean it has to be single player? No, it's a right. it's, it, it's from the makers of Call of Duty Four, remember, and that is basically bottleneck you into everything. Look at this explosion. Mm. <laughs> be standing in this yeah. exact spot when you see that explosion. So if you have, you to definitely it, it would break. Just from the you know maybe hour that I've played of it so far it does feel like it's from the people that made modern warfare. Like you can definitely feel that. Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I think just the nature of going with a multiplayer only game is that eventually your game rides on people's perceptions. And I don't think people are oblivious to that. You know, when, the reason why Overwatch is being so successful is because people feel confident that others are going to stick around and play. It's not because there's a bunch of people. It's because people feel that others will continue to play. That's that's why such large games continue to stick around. That's why World of Warcraft always did so well. And it was when people started falling off that people started falling off in droves. Um, so I think that with a multiplayer-only game, you have to convince people that you're going to have people to play with or you're going to fall off. Right. The trouble with the multiplayer ones is so much of the time it is a grind. It's all about points, skills, upgrading yeah. this, that, and it's huge progress bars and things that take lifetime to do. And it's, uh, That doesn't attract me. It attracts me as a good... A good co-op story. I'm playing with some friends. We're enjoying a story. And it's like, whoa, look at that. What happened there? And you get to experience it. Or you get to all hop in a 
vehicle and accidentally drive off the map yeah. and mess it up and oh never mind let's try again you know or yeah. that kind of stuff um you know not not the endless grind stuff i really wish that they'd have an implosion on that and mm-hmm. more about the experiences and the um having the fun and um more more kind of story stuff than just sort of like once again it's it's a different game skin and characters but essentially it's capture the flag or team deathmatch or something like that you know know. it's funny because i would i would bemoan the death of such things just because if you look at um halo halo went that road and pretty much never really went back um i mean i mean five has i think much better gone that route with you know the option to play with standard loadouts rather than actual like player loadouts but um even Halo is not done. I love Halo. <laughs> I I think they've seen. I think they've seen success. Wait, were you with worried? That kind of stuff. Did, did you say that because you were worried that the TT audience was going to pounce on you for hating Halo? <laughs> uh, no, I guess no. I. What about I the just, TT audience pouncing on us? <laughs> yeah. Um. No, no, that was just a. Halo is one of my favorite franchises. Okay. I, they they tried it, and I think they've seen now more success uh, with their standard options than they were seeing with like the Reach way of doing things. And then you have Overwatch, which has been a runaway success. And that's not loadouts; that's kind of somewhere in between, you know. Mm. And that's been doing pretty well too. So I was going to make the argument that maybe I don't think we'll ever really see that, but I think I think it's coming back around. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Doom. Doom is a good uh, example. Yeah. So did Turtle Rock say what they're doing next? Have we got any hints? No. No. Um, I, I have to wonder, are they going to try and do another multiplayer only? I mean, that is their bread and butter. Um, the, that Left for Dead was one of those special things. I, I don't know that you can do that again, though. Yeah. Because, sorry, as a side note, many of the people from that work at Turtle Rock came from uh, Left 4 Dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the head developers and all that kind of stuff. So that's why Valve can't do Left 4 Dead again? Uh, no. No, that's not why. It's because of the number three. <laughs> they only do up to two. <laughs> um... All right, and rounding out the news and leading us into the topic of the week, Bethesda has said that it will no longer be providing early review copies. Uh, It has said that it will not provide review copies more than uh, 24 hours in advance. Um, Where is that quote? And so they went to say, while we continue to work with media streamers and YouTubers uh, to support their coverage both before and after release, we want everyone, including those in the media, to experience our game at, games at the same time. Uh, time, they say. <laughs> they they went on to say, we also understand that some of you want to read reviews before you make your decision, and if that's the case, we encourage you to wait for your favorite reviewers to share their thoughts. But not really. <laughs> yeah, it it's kind of a bit of a sticking it up to the the whole media industry isn't it i mean that's their job that's the point that's the reason for their existence there isn't it and then them saying well actually no we're not going to let you see anything until 
everyone else. Like, you know, I don't even think that that's what they're really going for. Like, it you could maybe be offended if you're part of the media, and I think you should be. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, they're they're saying that you're frivolous. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, so in that regard, maybe you could be offended, but at the same time, it's like, no, they're not frivolous. You, what's really happening here is that you don't want people to see the reviews before they make their decision. You know, that that's really what this is, is about. that bad. I no, And, and that's the funny thing is it's Bethesda, you know? So I know, right. It's, they shouldn't it's, have to worry. I, I thought they were really good with their games. I mean, I don't remember the last game that they released. That was like a genuinely poor game. I mean, fallout four yeah. was probably the worst and it was still a good game. It just wasn't great. You know, it wasn't Skyrim or dishonored or Doom. Well, actually, Doom. Some people didn't like, but I mean, it it didn't have that sort of. So if they're not, if they're not hiding a bad game, it just sounds like they've gotten you know a bit of a <laughs> too big. Uh, yeah, kind of think don't need you media. Just wait right. and get it with the rest. It's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I I do think like I do kind of feel that Bethesda is feeling that like they are big enough and their properties more uh, popular enough. They've, they've reached a popular level where the review is not necessary. Um, because from what I understand, and this is just anecdotal, I heard it from, I think Colin, um, on kind of funny. He was saying that, uh, smaller developers, I mean, most developers would rather get a bad review than no review at all because the, attention that you get from that sells copies even if the review is poor people will still take notice and they are more likely to buy the game so what games does that not matter for and it's the big games so call of duty can get an abysmal score and it'll still sell because it's popular now you do that several times and eventually they won't sell anymore but it seems that they feel like they have reached a point where people will see, oh, another Elder Scrolls game, the successor from the people that made Skyrim, and people will just be like, oh, yeah, I'll buy that, you know? Mm. And this is just kind of a reading between the lines kind of thing. They are talking about how they want everyone, including those in the media, to experience our games at the same time. It's like, so the advantage to this that they're saying is that they want a very, very, very small group of people who have elected to cover these games ahead of time by choice. They want to protect those people. So it's not, well, day one patches are just a reality of our industry and we want you to play that version, which would be a very obvious answer and a very easy way of explaining why they are doing this. That's It, it worked for Doom. but. They're not saying that because they are thinking of something else. When they make the statement, they're thinking of something else, and that's the benefit to them, which is involving the media. They want to circumvent the reviews. <laughs> I, uh... What is up with these developer companies getting really self Oh, and, uh, and speaking of, just, just as an observation, um, from what I've gathered, I think Call of Duty may have actually, like, the review copies may have gone out late. Um, 
because I think I saw a couple of uh, outlets reporting that they were starting their reviews um, like Wednesday or Thursday. It's happening so, more and more these days. I think it happened with Mafia 3. Um, yeah, Mafia 3 was another game. Uh, and uh, not that it's something that we generally talk about, but um, what was it? Uh, WWE uh, 2K17, whatever, th- this year's version. Okay. Um, was was another one of those. Um, so that that's a lot of developers that are all of a sudden just not really helping out with the whole review thing. Um, and I think that's unfortunate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it's a whole ecosystem, isn't it? You know, media, developers, gamers, pre-owned, retail, isn't it? it the, all parties, all of this whole ecosystem yeah. going round and round. And if one of them starts getting the hump with another, you know, mm. it doesn't do well, does it? You know, Microsoft's saying, well, we're going to cut out pre-owned games you know yeah. all that upset the retailers and now now you've got developers upsetting media it's like well, what's gonna happen next that, you know? that seems like a good point for me to jump in i guess i've been kind yeah. of biding my time waiting yeah. for um something uh, I, I heard it <laughs> i could hear it from here <laughs> you can hear me uh quietly uh soothing yeah. um yep but so i think ace has put forward quite a, a good position as to being upset about it i kind of i hate to um, I hate to defend Bethesda or any uh, sort of. I'm kind of. There's a part of me that wants to totally be on board with Ace and say it's horrific. But um, so mm. I don't agree that the status quo is necessary. Um, I mean, it should. The status quo should not be prioritized just because it's the status quo. I'm not personally a fan of a whole Agreed. pre-order ecosystem at the moment. It seems like another topic. But in regards to mm. media, I feel like. If you say that the developers or publishers rather are being uh what was the word uh, too too big for themselves by denying mm. the media, it kind of is a little bit um one sided in that is not the media being too big for themselves in demanding review copies because oh, there's no and capacity. That's... Well, I yeah, I kinda of gathered that was the route you were gonna go. Mm. And would you and say I... part of that I... is also the uprising of, of the modern consoles, gamers being able to stream their own gameplay mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and screenshots and that. So a lot of people are now going on, you know, live on PlayStation, seeing people playing the latest game, watching it, and then going, ah, yeah, actually that looks pretty fun to play. I might have a go on that and judging for themselves because it's about the closest you can get aside from buying and put the disc in yourself or, right. or the download of the digital one. You get to see. Because I, I remember when PlayStation first came out and I was watching someone play, um, oh, what was that one? The robot that picked up bits to make itself bigger. Oh, Knack. Knack, thanks. Um, I was thinking, my goodness, that looks so repetitive and boring. I'm not getting that. <laughs> From actually seeing the gameplay going through, which was quite a different experience because, you know, um, you can watch trailers you can see screenshots, you know, and reviews and things, but you never sort of see a lot of the gameplay, unless you, yeah, you, you troll through the YouTube videos where people sort of yeah. done it and uploaded it. But even then, the people that upload it, you know, they're going to edit it and spice it together. But you, you're oh, yeah. when you're when it's streamed, you're seeing it live, unedited. You can see how many times they die at this bit <laughs> or get fed up or 
you're yep. not quite sure what to do and you can see well actually this game doesn't really give you much indication or likewise this game actually ha- holds your hand and spoon feeds you the whole way you know you so so basically you're they looking thinking... for information that would be in a review is what i'm hearing yeah well <laughs> yeah i guess so read a two minute review well and and realistically uh, a review is generally going to be more informative because if you trust the reviewer um which hopefully you do like that doesn't mean you should blindly trust reviewers mm-hmm. but you should definitely find reviewers that you trust right um and if you trust that reviewer they're going to give you a perspective of an entire game most games like the way generally video games are made is the first level the part that you're going to see on day one being streamed is the best part because it's the last thing they make after they spend all this time perfecting everything all of the skills they need to make a good level in a game they go and make the first one because they want to get you hooked and if you buy off of that first level you could very easily be disappointed with the rest of the game Mm -hmm. but a review is going to cover the game not just the first hour not the five minutes you saw online it's going to encompass the middle section where things kind of drag or that terrible ending or that awesome twist, you know, partway through the game where everything changes. Um, I mean, for instance, uh, what was it? Uh, That Jack Black game, Um, Uh, the music one that turns into the RTS like halfway through the, yeah. And halfway through the game, the game changes. And it's like, if, if you were just looking at the videos from that game you would have no idea but a review would tell you that um so well, yes and no i mean i remember watching a video streaming of like batman and um which batman? other ones and it, it depends on. when you get <laughs> oh the, sure the latest one wasn't it oh, okay. um, i could see oh, that's and um <laughs> no? oh, what was the latest one well latest one's F- uh telltale batman no oh, oh yeah no not the telltale Arkham one so the one with the Arkham Knight, yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously, you know, some people get it like first thing in the morning and they like play it solidly. Mm. Um, or it depends what time you come in and watch it. But I remember seeing all different bits of that one, all the various different gameplay element elements. It's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it depends where you come into it, and again, it depends how good the, the gamers are and the streamers are. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it, they feel questions as well, which is quite cool sometimes. Yeah, and and you can get a very in-depth idea of how something feels or uh, things that are particularly bothersome. Um, And to be clear, I don't think, yes, the media is in some ways maybe also a little bit big for its britches. Yeah, Um, I know. It's not, it's not the golden boy either, is it really? Well, I mean, they, so the thing is the media benefits from people coming to the site. So obviously they want to provide the content that users want to see but that also means that users want to see these reviews yeah so yes they may be requesting these copies and yes maybe the expectation you know them expecting to get a review copy is a little out of place and if they were to get upset at the mere idea that they didn't get one because we're ign or GameSpot or whatever and now we're pissed you know that that is a problem. Yeah. However, if people want to know how a game is on launch day so that they can buy it or not buy it and 
they're trying to provide that information and they're being prevented from providing that information, that means that really the reason you don't have that information is because the publisher, not because of the game reviewer, you know, the publisher is still the one preventing you from seeing that information. Yeah. Right. So what what is the trend for people wanting reviews? Sorry. Oh, oh, um, yeah, I did because IGN did post like a little chart with the review trends and um, starting on the day that a game releases and for about two days after, that's when you see the peak of people searching for game name review. And that spikes, you know, quadruples or whatever on that day and then drops back down to normal levels by like the third day, I guess. Um, And the insinuation is that after that point, people are no longer interested in that review, which to me seems like that would be a detriment to the publisher. You've potentially if if what you are saying is actually true, if you encourage people to wait for your favorite reviews to share their thoughts, if that's actually what you believe, then you are potentially losing out on crap tons of sales for a good game. You know, these people have already moved on three days down the road. They don't, they don't care to look for the review in the first place, let alone go and buy your game after that. You know? Yeah. So in that case, you uh, can't, you keep adding points that I, uh, for me to respond to, I've got like so many things in my head that I'm trying to remember. <laughs> like, I need well, a I, just say... I feel like I'm at a presidential <laughs> debate and I'm listening to you list 10 oh, different don't, points, don't... which I need to have notes on. Well, oh, Don't start on. us this down is... that road for next week's no, one. Is... Yeah. TG no, podcast no. on the presidential debate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, don't, don't compare it to a presidential debate. Candidates. <laughs> You, you have not personally attacked me yet, so <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully, I haven't reciprocated that. Um, so, can I jump in with a few things? Go oh, for it. Um, I just quickly, I just go yeah, quickly. Yeah. Said extreme. You, mm-hmm. you can't. Well, in that case, if IGN posted that, then you can't really hold it against them for wanting to push that to get those review copies because it's obviously their bread and butter and, and their requirement. Absolutely, kind of things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's. I kind of. Um, earlier, I kind of wanted to sort of uh, reduce the importance of that. I feel like media relying on reviews as a source of income is not a benevolent state. That's a personal and uh, selfish motivation. I don't think that should really be a, a factor. Um, True. So um, going back to more recent conversation, I think uh, when Ace talked about um the quality of streaming. Um, I think I I would not knock the streaming experience. I think there's a lot of quality and a lot of uh, entertainment value there. Um, But I feel personally that a streaming um, highlight reel or whatever is not representative of the game. And at best, it becomes like a review highlight reel um, if you're looking for representation, in which case it basically is a and and similarly, I do have to point out that those streamers, much like the chart, the streamers benefit from certain things. Mm. And generally, the streamers are not benefiting from being reasonable. Usually, they're benefiting from being at an extreme end of the spectrum, either being really down about something or being really up about something. Well, that's another, so if the, another issue. Right. Um, part of um, the problem of this kind of... is 
um, I feel like this is a major point, um, but part of the problem of this whole change is that Bethesda is saying they want it to be available to everyone at the same time, and yet they're giving it to oh. streamers ahead of time because the streamers are then necessitated to um, give a positive opinion on the game, which will then, to people who view the first hour of the game and form an opinion based on a positive experience in that, will then be inclined to pre-order it. And it just becomes a snowball of forced positive message, um, which it, then, right. they don't have to pay the um, advertising for. They're just getting that out, manipulating the system. Um, mm-hmm. But even if, yeah, even I mean, if so... all of that isn't cynical, um, the fact that they're giving it to streamers ahead of time and not to reviewers on the basis that reviewers shouldn't have had it ahead of time, that's a lie. That's just some bullshit, basically. That That is a bit, yeah. yeah. It's a bit hypocritical, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> so to, to oh, be perfectly you, clear, you I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's their property and they're going to do what's best for them. You know, it's like if if I opened a restaurant and I only served Italian food or whatever, and I know these people really love Italian food and these people really hate Italian food, I'm going to invite the people that love Italian food to come to my restaurant and (laughs) check it out. And I'll even open up a couple of days early before the grand opening and have them come in and yada, yada, you know? So like, I understand where they're coming from. I, they have the right to do it. The, the real sticking point for me is that there is a, this has been the status quo for a long time because historically from what we understand, it has been mutually beneficial for all parties involved. The publisher gets the notice. The uh, reviewer gets the clicks. And the reader gets an informed decision. Mm -hmm. And busting up that status quo means that they have to expect that they are not getting what they used to get out of this uh i feel like if i can jump in there that's you've broken it down into three points i can uh elaborate sure the first is the publisher getting notice they're not crying over that because now all they're getting is positive notice right they're they're already getting that notice well they're getting Mm -hmm. it now in a completely manipulated way um yes the second point was that reviewers get clicks um like Mm -hmm. like i said before i don't feel like um like monetizing the review industry is something to defend but i feel like um the fact that um the media's whole purpose is and not the media but i'm um, the sort of reviewing fragment of the media the purpose mm-hmm. is to provide informed opinions on games and preferably right. with having enough time to play them um in detail and like you said earlier that a review will give an overview of the whole game not just the first five hours um and mm. if they don't have time to do that because they're only getting the game a day before uh, 24 hours they say but you know like your postman doesn't come at midnight right so um <laughs> yeah. you're getting it like a, a few hours before and the fact mm. also add to that by the way that a lot of um uk pre-order games come in the post a day or even two days before sometimes three um so it will come to the point where millions of well not millions um hundreds if not thousands of people have the game before the reviewers have the game um mm. and they're supposed to form their opinion on a 10 50 200 hour game um mm. in a day it's 
physically impossible. Even if it's a 10 hour game, yeah. even if it's Call of Duty, you can't form a rounded opinion on it in a day. It's impossible. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I don't think they get these copies by post. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure it's not entirely dissimilar yeah, that's to the preloading they the game. It at the prescribed time, whereas the postman can come early. Absolutely. Um, yes, absolutely. So that, and it's sorry, like a two. No, I should let you go. Well, I mean that that's been the the problem with uh, not so much this year, but was it last year? Maybe or a couple of games. The uh, the embargo didn't lift until several hours after the game was released. Because <laughs> there's already information is, out there from people who have the game. Right, and this this is kind of proposing sort of a physical embargo Mm -hmm. by forcing like not saying well we're not withholding it until after the game is released they're just essentially causing that to happen you know and it basically Uh, incent it means that uh, reviewers are forced to then buy the game i'm not saying it's a bad thing for reviewers to pay for games but i'm saying they have to buy the game from someone other than the publisher so they can get it sooner than what the publisher is going to send them which makes no sense at all um, yeah. And also about you saying about embargoes lifting in advance, um, I think of mm-hmm. two two of my favorite examples are The Last of Us and Super Mario mm-hmm. 3D World. So the reviews okay. for those came out early and you just had a stellar picture and anyone who oh, yeah. was even considering buying it could look at them. They could, they were like 50 reviews, so you can get a, any kind of rounded opinion you want and you can just oh. see this is a game worth buying. And that's yeah. basically a publisher having faith in a good game. And if Absolutely. the game is good, why can't you do that? Right. And if it's not, and you want to hold the embargo until closer to release or whatever, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, I, I I totally get that. You know, yeah. there there I mean, is a system. It's going to be suspicious, way. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, well it'll I mean, be less suspicious the more that it becomes normal. Well, and it is normal. I mean, releasing the, you know, posting the embargo like a week before the game comes out is very atypical. You only see it for a handful of games. Uh, Last of Us, Gears of War did that. Um, so that that's very atypical. And it's, and I think that's kind of the thing is that that shows confidence. Right. Whereas releasing the review the day of is normal. You know, this is almost the opposite. It's so there's a difference between embargoes that say here have the game two weeks in advance, but you can only release the review on the day versus one that is um, have the game a day before and good luck. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, in a way, it is kind of again physically sort of causing people to rush through the game. So if the reviewer that you are going to is not used to dealing with this kind of stuff, if they are the kind of person who is interested in getting the clicks, you know, like places like IGN or GameSpot or whatever you may think of them, they are professionals and they have a certain expectation of the quality that they output. Mm -hmm. And if you are not as versed in that kind of stuff, if you aren't as committed to that kind of stuff, then your the quality of your review may very easily suffer. And, you know, I'm sure that the quality of their reviews suffer when they have to rush through a game like that, you know? So, so even they put if a disclaimer on there for that, don't they? 
Yeah, I mean, actually, I, I don't know that I've ever really seen one. Uh, they they will sometimes like be provisional about what they're saying, um, but eventually they they put their foot down. Um, but you know, even if this if this affects them, which it probably does affect how they play the game, then that's it's going to affect everybody. Mm. You know, Joe Blow YouTuber or whatever. Um, but yeah. So I suppose the third, what was the third issue? Oh yes, um, the effect on people. So I suppose this is the the one to wrap it all up. Um, no, sorry, I'm not I'm not cutting you guys short. I mean the one to sum up uh, my position of the previous points I raised. Um, yep. It all boils down to the fact the ultimate end result is that consumers, uh, people who are looking to buy a game to have to buy a game they enjoy um, with the limited amount of money that they have, because all of us have a limited amount of money. Um, mm. they are limited in their information and ultimately as a consumer limited information is a disservice so you want mm. to have the option to choose between Super Mario 3D World and The Last of Us let's say for example you're you're wondering mm. which one is for me I can only afford one um, even though you've bought two consoles why you don't anyway sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. so you're That's you're fun. thinking I want to know about these games I want to know which one has more length, which one has more replayability, which one has online multiplayer and mm. is good because uh, no one had yep. any idea if The Last of Us multiplayer, uh, would be any good. Um, it's true, I forgot about that. Yeah, so uh, with The Last of Us, there is some element of defense in the fact that it has multiplayer. Almost all Bethesda games don't, so that's another problem true. Uh, with them taking the stance as opposed to um, like Titanfall or Call of Duty taking the stance, which is much more justified. But um, so ultimately, the consumer doesn't know um, anything other than the doctored images that are given to them by the publishers, or the um, the sort of ed- heavily edited and displaying only fun videos that come from the YouTubers or mm. things like that. Basically, the consumer doesn't have any real objective information until reviews come out and. To be fair, I don't think that the mass... I know that people will defend by saying um, you can get Twitter uh, feedback and you can get um, people writing blog posts about how much they enjoy the game they got, but that is not fair um, objective critique. Mm. Those people have no... Um, they have no reason to look at a game as carefully as they can. They're saying their personal opinion, which is great. You want to hear your friend's opinions, but ultimately it's friends opinions it's not professional well i don't mean to distinguish between professional and amateur but it's not a critique there, it's just an opinion there there is also um there is a thing where like these bigger sites or any site really that consistently gets review copies mm-hmm. that's not something that sways their opinion so much because they get that from everybody mm-hmm. it's a consistent thing so it's not preferential treatment it's just treatment you know what i mean whereas if you are just a youtuber that you know say you're a youtuber or twitch streamer that covers predominantly call of duty stuff and you get preferential treatment you get call of duty stuff early compared to everything else that is preferential treatment you are getting something special because of what you're doing yeah that's true um so two things to wrap it up one I get the feeling that this is a corporate decision, not a video game maker decision. So I somehow, 
I kind of get the impression that like the Pete Hines and um, what's his Todd Howard and whoever, they're not trying to screw you over. I, I think this is probably somebody higher up that looked at the sales and just said, this works for us and this doesn't. So we're going to do this. Maybe. But this so, can't be the decision of one person. It would have to be a group. Certainly. But I, I think it's people that make money, not people that, like I said, not the, the um, Pete Hines. Okay. Like, I, I don't, he, he seems like a pretty level guy. <laughs> um, this, this is a, this is something coming from above him to make it consistent across the entire company. Because this is not – there's nobody here – like nobody's going, what? This is the first I heard of it or disagreeing with it or saying, yes, this is what we're doing. There was a statement made mm. and that's company-wide. So I think this is somebody way high up or a group of people way high up making this decision. And two, if I could sum this up, the simple fact of the matter is that we keep saying – this position benefits people that make money from it, and so take it with a grain of salt. The benefit to this is undoubtedly that Bethesda believes that you being less informed is beneficial to them. <laughs> Ignorance Period. is blessed. Right. Regardless, they believe that you not having the information is beneficial to them. So just keep that in mind. That they are doing it in their best interest. So there is danger here. This is what they're hoping to get out of it. And that's kind of a scary thing to think. I don't really care what Bethesda does um, individually, but I just hope it doesn't become toxic and take over the industry. I mean, it's already headed that way. I don't think it will. Honestly, I don't think it's going to last. Um, I, mean, I hope you're right. The the fact of the matter is, yeah, absolutely, Twitch and YouTube and whatever is growing, but the reason why larger groups and sites and things thrive is because of their trust. People trust them. That's why they exist. Mm. And people are always looking for a place where they can go and they can trust whoever is talking about a thing. And I think in the long run, this is going to hurt companies that do it yeah. because they're going to go to a site. So let's say Bethesda's next game tanks it, a bunch of people buy it, tons of people buy the game and it's no good. And then the next time it happens again, the third time people are going to be like, well, you know what? I should check a review first. No matter There's no how. review. There's no review. And then people don't buy it. So, this will make them money probably in the short term, but once you have one or two bad games in a row, you're going to be done. You will have to get reviews again. Mm -hmm. You will need to hand out these copies and get reviews out ahead of time or people aren't going to buy your game anymore. Mm -hmm. You will have become a small fish. You'll be one of the indie devs that would rather get a four but have a review than not. I think Bethesda's above that anyway. I don't, uh, yeah. To be fair to Bethesda, I, I generally enjoy their games and hopefully it shouldn't be a problem. However, this kind of thing could hurt them with their next, you know, uh, say Sky, uh, Elder Scrolls game or whatever. You know, like <laughs> Skyrim 2. The, the bar of, 
the bar of quality for say Dishonored is fine. Yeah. But they just released Skyrim again, broken again. So I don't necessarily trust their. I I already don't trust their games when they come out because of potential bugs. Yeah, they might be big, but as we've seen before, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Absolutely. So, all in good time. I'm sure this will be forgotten. All right, moving on from that, let's get through this stuff. We're already running a little bit long, and by that I mean really long. Um, So, releasing this week, we've got a few things. PSVR Digital, you've got Oh My Genesis VR, which if uh, I'm understanding it correctly, is basically a VR god sim of the uh, populace variety, Um, though it does seem to suggest there will be civilization elements. So, there's that. Um, for PS4 digital and retail, uh, BlazBlue Central Friction, which is also coming to PS3 digital and retail, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which this is actually the first Call of Duty game that was not released on last gen, um, Earth's Dawn and Super Dungeon Bros. Thoughts? I think Super Dungeon Bros. You getting Call of Duty on the Games with Gold? Huh? Games with Gold. Super, sorry, Super Dungeon Bros was Games with Gold? Yeah, I think. Just now. This month. Oh, cool. Well, um, so if you've got an Xbox, maybe you don't buy that. You go and yeah. get it on Or maybe you can, <laughs> you can have an opinion on it and tell us how, uh, how it is. Yeah. Um, PS4 Digital, we've got Destroy All Humans, which is coming back from uh, PS2, I believe. Wow. Um, yeah, that, that's uh, that's. I remember thing. that series. It was popular. <laughs> Yeah, I never played it. I, I never got around to it. But um, you've got Grand Prix Rock and Racing, Honor and Duty Arcade Edition, Ronin, Seraph, mm-hmm. and uh, Wick. Which so they said that it was coming out this week, but it was also released last week or something as a PS4 digital. So I don't know if it got delayed or what's up with that. Okay. But, um. Finally, uh, PS4 retail. Uh, there's the Steam World collection, which is Steam World Dig and Steam World Heist right. and Tumblestone. Hmm. Thoughts on any of those? Buying any of them? Skipping them? I've heard good things about Steam World Dig and Steam World Heist, but I mean, I own the 3DS and uh, Wii U, so if I haven't got it by now, I'm not going to get it, am I? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, for PS Plus for November. We have uh, PS4, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, and The Deadly Tower of Monsters, mm. um, which I quite liked. Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. I wrote a review. I gave it a four out of five stars. Uh, it was good. It The pace was a little bit slow, um, and it was kind of easy to get lost, but still a great game. You should definitely check that out. That's got a platinum, 19 trophies, and a ratio of 1.43. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dead. Yeah. Uh, and the 1.43 is actually higher than I would have expected. Um, I think it's just a matter of maybe the collectibles because the pace of the game is, um, so slow, like you don't move very quickly. Um, there's a hidden sprint button if you hold the R2 button, but you, you have to hold it down and be walking for like five seconds before you actually start sprinting and it's still not much faster. Or a fast walk. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, so it's. Getting the um, collectibles can be a little bit of a pain. 
um, just because of the pace. So what's the playtime? Not one, but, you know, excluding collectibles and then including collectibles. Uh, crap, I don't even remember if that was a <laughs> sure like year and a half hours. ago. Uh, you can do it, I think, in... Oh, yeah. I think you can do it in two playthroughs. If I was recommending personally, I would say, if you don't mind... Um, well, basically, first of all, I would say play the game if you're prepared to play something slow and relax and just explore. Don't play the game if you're looking to sprint through it because that's not how it works. It just doesn't work like that, and that's not the game, so don't play it. Play something else. Um, but if you're prepared yeah. to walk through and have an explore, um, I would recommend playing the first playthrough. Just explore the town, discover things organically, um, figure out, because the whole thing is a mystery, so figure out what's going on yourself. Uh, progress through organically because it is basically a big open uh thing with a cleverly designed level system um and get to the end and see your ending and then look at guides and you can replay it i think in two whole playthroughs one is going to be the very complete one where you discover all of the story in one then everything should make sense because now you have foreknowledge of how it ends um and the other one i think is one where you run through and you just listen to the telephones or something like that that's actually a really bad trophy it's a complete waste of time but because you've done that already in your completion playthrough or you could do the completion last it's up to you but um yeah, yeah you can basically not run through but you can beeline it through and get all of those things do that yeah, but yeah. so o- organically in your first playthrough what's that roughly going to be like is that gonna be like 20 hours did you say no definitely no, no, no. I, no. uh five yeah i was gonna five. estimate five okay. myself it's been a while. Uh, it, alternatively, if you're trying to save a little bit of time, you can maybe like because the game is sort of broken up into areas for the most part. Um, you you could you know thoroughly explore an area and before you move on to the next, look up look stuff up on in a guide or whatever and, and figure out what you need to do um, to mop up the last few. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely don't look it up before, just because even like the best way to find everything is going to be in like a video or something. The video will spoil things just because things happen as you're walking, like just proximity things will go off and it will spoil stuff. If, if you're not uh, yeah. paying, if you're paying too much attention, I guess. And also you won't so, discover them if you know exactly where you're going. Right. Yeah. And it, it could spoil something that you didn't want spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, there, there is a lot of, um, setting you know when you're walking from point a to point b and things happen along the way or whatever and it's not even just scenes it's um the way things are arranged on the floor or what have you um and that stuff is going to be missed so you, you want to make sure you get that stuff too also the uh, deadly tower of monsters is a good game but i've already found out that i can't describe it so i'd recommend checking out either a trailer or a rev- video review maybe text review or um like a stream of mid game would be ideal probably or even the stream of the start game if you don't mind spoiling those minutes yeah um for ps3 we have dirt 3 and costume quest 2 uh, dirt, dirt 3 has a platinum uh, 51 trophies and a 2.04 ratio um and costume quest which is uh maybe not the best timed game uh has no platinum 18 trophies and a 1.21 comes out ratio they gave it to us literally the day after halloween what are you what is even the point (laughs) well i think the point was to get you 
to hopefully buy the game. Yeah. And then once you weren't going <laughs> to buy the game anymore, they but gave it to you for free. But they announced it before Halloween. So it's like... That's true. I didn't think about that. buy this for Halloween, <laughs> then they're like, they announce it. And they're like, well, now I can't because that would just be stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I suspect that um, whoever signed off on it at Double Fine was not thinking about when it was going to be announced. Yeah, <laughs> it should have just been an October game. But anyway, at least we've got it now. I'm, look, I'm thinking of playing it now that I've got... I'm playing PlayStation game. I'd like to play it. Yeah. Uh, Letter Quest Remastered, which is a cross-buy with PS4. No platinum, 12 trophies, 2.17 ratio, and then pumped BMX Plus, which is cross by with uh, PS4 and 3. No platinum, 16 trophies, 1.66 ratio. All right, that's it for that. And then uh, Ace, you got the trophies? Trophies, popular this week um, for 4th of November and earlier. Uh, top 50. Top of the trophy pops. At number one, we've got Skyrim Unbound with 675 wind. In the top 50, Skyrim's also got 10 other trophies. At uh, number two, we've got uh, Titanfall 2, The Graduate, 456 wind, plus 16 other trophies in the top 50. So those which two. I'm, which, if I'm not mistaken, is essentially. Um... Just completing the tutorial area. Yeah, yeah. I always, put, yeah, they're they're going to be like the first trophy to pop. You know, if, if there's one on the like start screen or something like that, <laughs> more yeah. than likely. Yeah, that's why. So yeah, those two are kind of dominating um, the top fifty: Skyrim and Titanfall two. Mm-hmm. Then we've got um, number three: the Deadly Tower of Monsters, uh, Dramatic Rescuer, two hundred eighty-five wins. Oh, cool! So that got some uptake. That's nice to see. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Quite a bit too, because I mean, bit, it yeah. just went free a few days ago, mm. so not bad. Yeah. So people are playing it. Mm. Um, and we got the world of Final Fantasy, the mm. saviors of Cornelia. All I can think of is hey. um, Violet Wars or um, Star Fox. Cornelia, yeah. that is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> three hundred fifty-three wins plus eight other trophies in the uh, top fifty. So also kind of a, a good showing in there mm. for mm. for popularity. So. I don't know, I guess people are, I guess that kind of indicates that people are dabbling in the Deadly Towers of Monsters, but not doing an awful lot in it. Whereas, right, is it yeah. only the one trophy in the top 50? Uh, yes. Oh, so people are sort uh, of diving it, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy's got eight other trophies as well in the top 50. And then number five, we've got uh, Battlefield 1, uh, Play the Objective. 351 wins, plus uh, 10 other trophies in the top 50. Um, and then number six, the last game to make the top 50 is Letter Quest Remastered, showing off. Ah. Uh, 273 wins. Not bad. So, real quick uh, 10, so 11, yeah. 17. <laughs> so, is that uh, 28, uh, 36, sorry, 37. And then another eleven, so forty-eight. So uh, I, I think this entire list of games is actually the entire fifty. Yes, right? that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Whew. So all, all top fifty trophies come from these six games, six games this, yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Go go out there and get a little variety. <laughs> play play some uh, Velocity Two X. Great game. Oh, people Great are game. still playing those game, those uh, games, but not 273 people. Right, right. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you want to look at it as most popular trophy, it's going to be Titanfall two seventeen trophies yes. in the in the top fifty. Mm. So people are really hitting that Titanfall two. Yep. Um. All right. Well, I think that's it for us today. Um, we've, I think, talked a lot about all sorts of things, uh, women in video games and, and review copies and all sorts of other stuff. Um, if there's anything you would like to let us know, give us feedback. Uh, you can send us a PM on the site, uh, hit up True Trophies or at underscore BrandFoo on Twitter. Um, we just, it's a little bit late. I would have told you this last week, and I did, but you didn't hear it. Uh, we had a Halloween article that went up. Um, it's a top five article with a nifty little video from uh, the group of us at the TGN YouTube channel. Um, so maybe check that out. Let us know um, what you think of that. Uh, and until next time, have fun. We'll see you soon. Bye. See you around.